There are so many things today, this morning, at this moment, that compete for your attention other than God's Word. And none of these things produce fruitfulness in your life. When we are devoted to meditating on, thinking about, and striving for positions, popularity, power, and prestige, what we find is a lack of fruitfulness, real fruitfulness, in our life. We end up with emptiness, which is simply the opposite. When we are devoted to instant gratification, when we're devoted to entertaining our minds, then we have endless distractions that come in the place of God's Word. As I was thinking about the challenge of our lives today in this electronic era, the words that came to mind was this, we are drowning in an electronic vortex. Some of you know exactly what I mean. Your phone buzzes, you're looking at a text message, trying to get back to the Instagram scroll, updating your social media status, reading the comments, checking your email, watching Netflix on another screen. Like this is all happening at the same time. I'm not talking about consecutive things. I'm talking about everything that happens at the same time. And then we try to add to that mix hearing, reading God's Word. You can only imagine how hard it is for some of us to hear God's Word when we are drowning in the electronic vortex. Some of you right now are tempted to stop listening to my message and look at your phones because you are drowning in an electronic vortex. Now, here is the thing. With all of this, we risk missing God's Word in our life. Do you realize that you could be around God's Word your entire life and miss it? And do you realize if you miss God's Word, you miss heaven? Do you realize that because of the distractions in life, that we could miss it? Uh, it's important. It's vitally important for us this morning to hear God's Word. Look at verse 18 in your text. Jesus says, Take care, then, how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. This is really the height of this text as Jesus declares, take care. Be careful how you hear, how you listen. Last Sunday, uh, if you were here, you remember, remember we examined a dinner party that Jesus was at in this previous text. At this dinner party, there was a sinful woman that came, and there were a number of religious people around the table. Now, they were all in the presence of hearing the same words. They were all in the presence of the same person who has the ability to forgive sins, yet one got it, 
and the others missed it. This sets us up for John's next teaching here through Jesus' parable, or Luke's teaching through Jesus' parable, as to why it is that some don't hear it. Why don't? If we're around God's Word, like some of you take the same classes as other people, you sit in the same Bible studies, you sit in the same church services, you read the same Bible in your devotional time, yet some of you get it and some of you don't. Why? Why? Well, that's the answer that Jesus is after here. That's the question he's after. That's the question he's looking to answer, I should say. And so Jesus gives a parable. Now, before he gives this parable, though, in this next breath, Luke, uh, I, I just want to point out, Luke, Luke, Luke shows us who it is that's accompanying Jesus. He just talked about a sinful wo- woman, and then he says, those around Jesus are women following him. I just think it's important to note, this kind of has nothing to do with my text this morning, or my message, but it has something to do with the text. A little asterisk right here. It's important to note that all of Jesus' enemies in the Bible are men. Women are coming to Christ. As a matter of fact, the women here, we get a little glimpse in the the logistics of Jesus' ministry. The women are the ones supporting his ministry. And they're named. If it wasn't for these saints, this, this, this foundational support wouldn't have been there. I just want to encourage you ladies. You are so foundational and important to the Christian faith. Praise, listen, fellas, can we give the ladies a round of applause for their legacy? <laughs> Take a bow. Now, here's the other thing I want to note, all right? They also are people, these women are people who heard and were impacted by the word. So kind of the broader point I want to make is this. Those who hear the word support the word. Those who have been impacted by the word of Jesus throw all of their investment into the word ministry of Jesus Christ. Now that then leads to this question, why is it that some hear and others don't? A parable is given to us by Jesus in verse 4 through 8. A parable of soil and seed. It's confusing if you don't continue reading. But thankfully, Jesus explains it for us. In verse 9, the disciples say, what are you talking about? And Jesus explains the parable to them in verses 10 through 15. The seed represents God's word. There's a sower, could be Jesus or a preacher or a Christian who's encouraging others by God's word. There's a sower who's sowing seed, and the seed represents God's word. Or we could say the story of the Bible, or in particular, the story of the gospel, the redemptive storyline of the Bible. It's the story of the message of God, our creator and our redeemer. It's the story of the fall of humankind into sin and the corruption of the world. It's the story of receiving the law and the story of our failure to live up to it. It's the story of God becoming a man and entering the cosmos and living among us in the brokenness. It's the story of this sinless human being, the God-man Jesus Christ, taking on the penalty of sin on the cross for our sins. It's, it's the story of the fact that, the de- that, that death couldn't hold him and the grave couldn't keep him, and three days later Jesus rose from 
the dead. It's the story of those who are called to repent of their sins and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and find forgiveness in him at the cross. It's the story of Christians called to come around Christ, united by Christ, called together as the church, being taught and struggling to learn how to obey the commands of Jesus, living in this sinful world as sojourners, as strangers, as foreigners, but as salt and as light, eagerly awaiting the day when Jesus returns. And it's the story, finally, of his return, that day when Jesus comes back to finally rescue us from the presence of sin and death. All tears are wiped away, the final judgment on the wicked, those who reject him, the dead to raised in new life and live together with God forever in a remade heaven and earth. To hear this story, to hear God's word, to hear this message is the most important task of our life. And to miss it is our greatest threat. Question, why do so many miss the word? Well, in Jesus' parable, he gives us some answers. First, he says this in verse 5 and verse 12. His first reason is, So many miss the word because of the devil. Because of the devil. I get a a picture of this every year in my backyard. I I throw some grass seed out to reseed some spots, and some of that seed so happens to fall on the pathway in my backyard. And for the next week, I have birds flooding my backyard eating the grass seed on the pathway, and some even in the grass that didn't take root. We'll look at verse 5. Jesus says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. Look at verse 12. This is the meaning of that. He says, The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and, listen to this, takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. I wonder if you have ever considered that the devil is an actual person, personal being that is seeking to destroy you. You know, there are more people in this world who believe that there's a God than there are people who believe that there is a literal devil. Sometimes I think Christians are embarrassed to actually talk about the devil because you sound like you're from 1835. You believe this stuff? Well, Jesus did. Jesus said, I saw the devil fall from heaven like lightning. The, the devil in the Bible is described as, as not one who's locked in hell. He will be one day. He is under God's judgment, but today he's not in hell. The, today the devil is roaming this earth seeking The Bible says, who he may devour. Have you ever considered that trying to listen to a sermon is spiritual warfare? Have you ever considered that trying, fighting to to read 
your Bible and meditate on it and think about it is spiritual warfare. See, often we make spiritual warfare so mystical. We make it about goblins and scary things and secret prayers and oils and different things. Spiritual warfare, sort of this mystical, like how do we fight this spiritual battle? But when the Bible talks about spiritual warfare, the Bible talks about it in a way that sounds very ordinary to us. And that is this. You don't hear the word of God. You know what's scarier than the exorcist? You know the little girl turning her head around? You know what's scarier than all these horror movies about demons? This spooky Hollywood version of spiritual warfare? You know what's scarier than that? What's scarier is this, is that you could hear the word of God and the devil could take it, snatch the word of God from your heart so that you cannot be saved. That's more horrifying. Listen, when we think about hearing the word of God, it is spiritual warfare. Every time you come to church and you set out to listen to a, to a sermon and there are so many distractions in this room right now, if you are distracted by, by, by what goes on in this room, that very well could be giving into the devil taking the word of God from your heart. Like, this is spiritual warfare to hear God's word. When you're in your quiet time reading the Bible at your home, this is warfare so that the devil doesn't steal the life giving word of God. Nothing is worth that. The first reason we give as to why many do not hear God's word and apply it to their life is because of the devil. The second reason is this, because of their own desires. Look at verse 6 and verse 13. In verse 6, it says, some fell on the rock And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Well, what does that mean? Jesus explains it for us in verse 13. The ones on the rock, he says, are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. They believe, these are people who hear the word of God, and according to Jesus, they believe for a while. Now, a while could be a week. A while could be a month. It could be a lifetime. A while could be years. I mean, if you think of it, uh, with God, a, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. Like a while could be many years. You believe for many years, but you weren't ready for the test. The test of your faith never came. And the reason many don't ultimately hear God's word is because when It comes, when the test comes, they they abandon God's word. What is this test? This test could be referring to suffering. Some people believe until their child dies. Some people believe until they're diagnosed with terminal cancer. They believe until... The time of testing, which could be suffering. The test could also be a trial. 
or many trials. I think of Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8, which is refer, referring to the wilderness wanderings of Israel as a number of trials that was testing their faith. The test could also be referring to temptation, like sinful temptation, the kind of temptation that Jesus had in the wilderness himself as he stood strong against it and obeyed God. Some people believe until temptation just proves too much and they give themselves into their sin. Listen, it probably means all of the above. All of this are, are, are the testings that come that try our faith. I'm screwing a hinge onto my door, my bedroom door, fixing a hinge. Once I get the hinge in place, what do I do? I swing the door to see if it works. That's the test. As we hear God's word, we have to understand that the Bible says your faith will be tested. Will it survive the test? Listen, the opportunities that come along as a result of the test are opportunities to either fall away or stand firm. When you're tested through suffering, through temptation, through trials, when that test comes, it's impossible for you to remain neutral. You will either fall away from God or you will remain firm in your faith and your faith will be proved true. Third reason is this. The third reason people fall away is because of many distractions. Many distractions. We see this in verse 8 and verse 14. In verse 8, Jesus talks about some so, uh, seed being thrown, uh, 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 or verse 7 rather, some seed being, being thrown among thorns, and thorns growing up with the seed and, and choking out the seed. And in verse 14, he explains it. He says this, And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. There are those who go along with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Some start out as... John Bunyan said in his book, Pil Pilgrim's Progress, heading towards Celestial City, but they end up in Vanity Fair with all, the th all of the distractions that the world has to offer you. As I was studying this, I, I even confessed to my accountability partner this week that I was convicted at this point because it's so easy to be one who you know, knows the gospel, I, I love Jesus, but to be daily reading the word, trying to hear his word. But then I, I just move on to, quote-unquote, better things, more important things. I, I got to get it in, but really I got to respond to some email. I got to send a report. I got to meet with somebody. I got to do schoolwork. I got to look at something on the on the phone look at some social media you know what i'm saying like there's so many distractions the world sin, don't think of pleasures merely as sinful distractions 
I think that they could be sinful distractions. But I think that generally, by and large, when we see pleasures, we just need to see this as just all of the good things the world has to offer you. I want you to think about all of the good things right now in your life, such as a job, dinner preparation, planning a vacation, watching a show, video games. What, what cares, riches, pleasures does the world provide that prevents you from ultimately hearing and receiving and meditating on and chewing on the Word of God. Many of us miss it because of all of the distractions of life. But family, listen, the Word of God has the power to transform you. The Word of God comes, Jesus says, as light. And he says, who is it that would cover up a light? No, he would not. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to rebuke it. <laughs> Get behind me, Tony. <laughs> Who would cover up a light? Nobody would cover up a light. <laughs> Nobody would cover up a light. I, I, as a child, I used to get so many, um, what do you call them, little pieces of wood in your flesh? Splinters. I used to get so many splinters as a child. And my mom's a nurse. And so she's always got to, like, do the surgery on my hand to get the splinter out, you know. And uh, so she would get all excited and, like, putting a, 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 a needle underneath a fire and getting that ready to start digging. I'm like, oh, you know, like, stitches are coming out and everything. And, um, but the first thing she would do is shine a bright light on it. Listen, light is a, is a grace, Light exposes something that we don't necessarily always want to be exposed. But if you've got a splinter in your finger, you're going to need some light to expose it, to get it removed. And that's what Jesus is saying here in this second parable. He's saying when we, when we use a light, we don't cover it up. That would be pointless. Light is meant to expose. And so the light of God's Word, it does what? It, sh it exposes the splinters. That was a tough phrase to say. It exposes the splinters. It exposes the splinters so that they might be effectively removed from our life. If you hear God's Word, you become rich in God's Word. You become, as it were, uh, you, you've got a full kitchen of supplies for when it's time to cook. But if you don't hear God's word, then you will starve to death. We need, in verses 16 through 18, we need the light of God's word. And so for this reason, Jesus says in verse 18, take care how you listen. Take care how you listen. I've got to show you my shirt I'm wearing. I am not one to wear a shirt that goes along with my message. I've actually never done this in my life. Um, however, I, as I was trying to figure out what my Sunday best would be today, I came across this shirt that my daughter bought me, and I'll show it to you. I can't read it upside down. It's something about not listening. It's funny how you think I'm listening. So my daughter bought this for me for Christmas. 
and I rarely wear it, <laughs> only when I have a jacket over it. Uh, she thinks this represents me in some fashion. She thinks that I'm good at like acting like I'm listening when I'm really not. Well, maybe that's all of us to some degree. <laughs> you know, Christians are really good at acting like we're hearing God's word. You know, we, we know how to um, say what people want you to say to make it sound like you're, you're, you're hearing it. You know, um, I, I'll say something in the text and you'll go, mm, mm, you have no clue what I just said. It's just the way I said it. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's not a game. We struggle with listening to each other, period. How much more do we struggle with listening to God in faith? We don't have God with us physically. We can't hear him audibly. We come to him, and we know him through his word. And Jesus is so concerned for you that he says, take care how you hear. Be careful when God's word is being read, preached, or listened to. Be careful how you hear his word. Listen, the seed is not the problem. So often we think the seed is the problem. The seed is the word of God. And what's interesting in this parable is it's the same seed that is scattered over here that has an effect on this person that doesn't have an effect on this person over here. It's the same seed. Let me give you a little application at this point. If you're sharing God's Word in some fashion with somebody and they're not receiving it, family, listen, it's not the Word of God that is the problem. It's not the Word of God that is the problem. Listen, if God's Word doesn't instruct you, encourage you, strengthen you, admonish you, build you, it's not God's Word that is the problem. As a matter of fact, Jesus shows us four different kinds of people and three out of the four miss it. And I, we got people all around us who want to try to modify the seed and say it's the seed that's the problem. The reason you're not reaching the neighborhood is, is because you got to change the seed. The reason you're not reaching the world, the reason so many people are leaving the church is because the seed is the problem. And we've got to change, we've got we to modify it. Listen, I don't want to get all like historic crazy on you, but there was a guy named Frederick Schleiermacher in the 1800s all right, I wasn't planning on telling you about Schleiermacher this morning, but just for the, just for the fun of it, let's all say Schleiermacher. What a fun name to say. Well, Schleiermacher uh, was someone who basically said, we've got to modify the seed. People are leaving the church because they don't believe in miracles anymore. People are leaving the church because they, they have a trouble believing that Jesus is God. People are leaving the church because of you name it. Like, what, what, in today's day and age, 
when you hear someone say, people are leaving the church because of fill in the blank. Schleiermacher came along and said, we need to modify the seed. We need to, we need to make the seed adaptable to the new soil. Family, the seed is not the problem. There is no way to make the Word of God adaptable to the sinful desires of humanity. God's Word remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we're going to talk about the kind of seed that we need to be sowing in this church, family, give me the old seed. Don't give me the new seed. As the old hymn went, tell me the old, old story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. Tell me the old, old story. So take care then, church. Take care. Listen. Take care how you listen, how you hear, how you receive this seed. How do, we, how, do we, how do we listen? Let me give you two points. All of that was introduction. <laughs> Let me give you two points. This is how we hear. How we hear. Number one. We see these both in verse 15. Number one. Hold fast in an honest and good heart. And number two. Bear fruit with patience. In verse 15, we see the good soil. It, 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 the seed takes root in the good soil. It bears fruit. And so Jesus says, therefore, this is what you do. Take care how you listen through holding it fast in an honest and good heart and bearing fruit with patience. Let's just break these down briefly. First, bear, uh, uh, hold fast in an honest and good heart. Here's a modern-day parable for you. I'm just going to make this up. Imagine you have a rope. A man has a rope in his house. And that rope is always in the way. It's, it's this big, bulky rope, and he throws it in the closet, and then he's got to get something out of the closet. He pulls the rope, and sometimes he wonders why he even has this rope in the house. It seems pointless. It seems like a distraction. And then there's a fire in the house, and he's got to get down from the third floor. That rope, all of a sudden, becomes the most important thing in his life. What seemed to be at one time useless is now what he clings to for his own salvation. When everything else is burning up, when everything else is fading away, this man clings to his only hope, and that is this rope. When we realize that everything else in this world is fading, that riches are quickly fading, looks are quickly fading, Lives are quickly fading. We cling to that which is eternal. And what we have is the revelation of God through his word. And as we understand reality, family, we cling to that which seemed at one time to just be a needless distraction in our life. We cling to it with all that we have. And that's what Jesus is saying when he says, hold fast. Cling to it. When you hear the word, Cling to Grab it. I tell my son, he's learning to play basketball, and when the ball comes at him, he, he goes like this. You know, like, 
I don't know if I want to. I say, grab that ball out of the air. <laughs> Listen, when somebody tosses you, grab it. That's yours and cling to it. That's your hope for survival. He says, hold fast with, a, with an honest and good heart. In the Greek world, honest and good, those two words side by side was the essence of maturity or manhood or, or womanhood, uh, nobility. What he's saying is, is uh, with, with the heart that is willing to, uh, uh, to be critiqued, a heart that is willing to be exposed, a heart that desires to please God, with that heart that, by the way, God has given you, cling to the word that you receive. Cling to it. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. Listen, do you understand that a command to hear God's word is not some legalistic command, but rather it is an invitation to cling to something that lasts? You're going to hear something. You're going to listen to something. You're going to cling onto something, whether that is power, prestige, promises that the world throws at you. But we are invited to cling to something that saves. Listen, the Bible says that salvation comes by faith, and faith comes by what? Hearing the Word of God. As you are invited this morning to hear God's Word, don't you realize how redemptive that is? You're invited to hear the Word of redemption. You're invited to salvation through trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder what you need to do to better hear God's Word in your life. I wonder if on Sunday mornings it would help you to leave your phone at home. I wonder if, if it would, uh, while you're reading the Bible at home, it'd be, it would be better to, to leave your phone plugged in in your bedroom maybe. Like, let's just get practical. What are some things that we need to do to get rid of these distractions in our life? I wonder what temptations seem to reoccur in your life. Temptations that maybe you're giving into. Testings. Trials. I wonder if you've wrestled with a theology of suffering. And if you're prepared to go through the most excruciating suffering in this world and understand how that fits in God's sovereign plan. I wonder if you're ready for the trials that are coming your way. What is it that we need to do to practically hear God's Word, cling to it, love it, embrace it? Secondly, we bear fruit with patience. We bear fruit with patience. Verse 15. That word patience, by the way, is, is not the passive kind of patience we typically think of, but rather it's active. It, it's a word that would better be con, uh, 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 coupled with perseverance, meaning we persevere uh, long term. We bear fruit over a long time period. That's essentially what he's saying. We persevere. This is listening with an active readiness to respond to God's Word. Briefly, I coached uh, girls varsity basketball for one year. And I remember at halftime, I would get in the locker room there and, and uh, they would be sitting there 
ready to hear whatever it is that I have to say. You know, we're down, the score, score's not looking good. They would listen to me with an eagerness and a readiness to implement my words. You see how that's a different kind of listening than what we're, we typically do? I'm going to call that halftime listening. We're called to halftime listening with God. It's, it's, a, it's a listening with a readiness to respond, not just sitting back wanting to be entertained. Oh, a huge difference between those two kinds of listening. Now, the reality is, is when I was coaching girls basketball, we, they, they were terrible. And I would have nothing to say at halftime. <laughs> like, you, you're, you're really bad. <laughs> you can't even make a layup. I, I don't know what, to, we can't talk about plays because you just don't, you know. I hope none of them listen to my sermons online. They were, they were really bad, all right? And they were young. They were like freshmen, sophomores. They were playing against seniors and juniors. Anyway, but listen, God is never at a loss for words. He's never looking at us saying, man, I don't know what to do. Things are out of my control. Like the enemy is up against us. We don't have what it takes. Ah, you know, we got two quarters left. Just try to hang in and we'll get some pizza afterward, all right? <laughs> God is never at a loss for words. Why? Because God, if, you're, if, if you turn in Christ, if you have turned in repentance and faith to Christ, you've been given a new heart. You've been given a new heart, a heart that is ready to receive God's word. Christ, through his death on the cross, his glorious resurrection, has already won the victory. We are on the winning side it's, it's done. It's accomplished. We have been given the Holy Spirit as a down payment for our salvation. The Holy Spirit who regenerates us, seals us, fills us, gives us new desires every day to live in holiness for Him. And so He's never at a loss for words. And as we hear and receive God's Word... As Christians, we receive it with an eagerness and a readiness to respond to God's Word. Listen, everybody in this room is capable of change. Jesus would not have given this parable if he did not believe that the pathway could be broken up, that the rocks could be blasted out of there, that Satan could be held back, that the, 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 the destroyer could be done away with. That the trials and the temptations will not last forever. Jesus gave us this word in a redemptive kind of fashion to show us that you can change. You're not stuck in this old paradigm. But today is the day of repentance. Put it away. You're, you're, the, the way that you used to listen or not listen to God, put it away. Today is the day for repentance, to, to begin listening, receiving God's word in your heart. And what is the joy that we receive? Well, we close with this story, a little narrative at the end of this section in Luke, verses 19 through 21. Jesus' mother and brothers show up. And they can't get to Jesus because of the crowds. A message comes to Jesus, hey, your mom and, and your brothers, 
are here trying to see you. And Jesus responds in verse 21, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Now, is Jesus being mean to his mom? Of course, he loves his mother. He actually takes care of his mother as he's dying on the cross. For all we know, he, probably, he might have said this and then just went to his mo- mother and brothers. We don't know. But he's making a point here. That's the reason he said it. What he's saying is this. For those of us who hear and do God's word, we hear it and we receive it. It bears fruitfulness in our life. What he says is this. You're closer to me than family. You become family to Jesus. You are his brothers and his sisters. Jesus is your brother. We are being conformed to the image of our older brother, Jesus Christ, as we hear and as we receive his word. Amen? Father, we thank you for this text, for this admonition, this call for us from Christ to be careful how we hear We pray, God, that we would be people who do just that. When it's time to hear your word preached, or whether we're listening to it, read, whether we're reading it in our private time, we pray, God, that we would be careful how we hear your word, that we would cling to it with an honest and good heart, and that we would listen with an eagerness and a readiness to act, to respond. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.